welcome, Lowell Assembly. This is our first podcast, and for those of you who don't know me, I am Dylan. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and I am going to be interviewing one of the newest additions to our team, Pastor Kevin Destin. <laughs> nice touch on a pastor. <laughs> Notice you negated the pastor on you, but it's put it on me. because the sun shines on you today, bro. It's a huge, a huge burden to bear a little bit. <laughs> So the reason we're kind of doing all this is so that you guys can get a better feel of who we are, the people that are that are leading you, and uh, the people that really make up who uh, this church is. So um, I'm excited because I went to college with Kevin, um, and I got to know him there, and that was about four years of craziness at North Point Bible College. We, Shout out to North Point. We love you, North Point. Um, but today, I wanted you to get to know him on a little bit more of a personal level. So uh, I just had some questions, and he's just kind of going to walk us through his journey to faith and ministry and all of those things. Uh, so we're excited to hear from him today. So, uh, Kev, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you grew up and where you come from? For sure. Um, well, I'm Kevin Destin. I am the fourth of five children. I am the second boy. Um, of a single mother, inner city kid. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, just inner typical inner city kid that you know. At a certain age, started getting into the wrong things and surrounding myself with the wrong people, and it led to the wrong things. I.e., you know, the typical inner city crutch that kids bear. Um, then. Fast forward to about 15, 16 years old, I was really neck deep into all the craziness that comes with inner city life. And uh, I met a good friend of mine. Her name is Lindsay Johnson. Shout out to Lindsay. Um, I met her via my cousins because my cousins live next door to her and I would hang out with them a lot. And um, so I met her and she was a person of faith. She was a Christian. She was a Jesus follower. And um, we became acquaintances and friends. And fast forward to about 19 years old, um, I was over my head now with the stuff that comes with inner city life. And um, it's funny how God works because he'll put people in, in your path and they'll do amazing things through through his, with his love and through his spirit. They'll do amazing things. And um Lindsay was that person for me. She was the person I'd always go to for advice. She's the person I'd always go to to, like, blow off steam and just vent. And she would just listen. She would just do Jesus' work in my life. I didn't know that at the time, but when I reflect, that's what it was. And um, so I was 19. This is back in 2010. Um, and I was just in over my head. I was, like, dealing with a lot of junk and... So I called her, and she had always been inviting me to church, always inviting me to church. And I'd be like, no, nah, Lindsay, you know, I'd pull out some money from, you know, illegal activities, and I'd be like, this is my God, this is my God right here. And she'd be like, okay. She'd be like, all right, well, whenever you're ready, you just call me. And I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. So I, I call her, and I'm like, you know what, Lindsay, whatever. It can't hurt. I'm, all this thing, all this stuff I'm doing, all the things I'm involved in, are hurting me so this can't hurt so i'll go to church with you it's like 
Sunday morning, like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. And she was, she's super excited. She's like, I'm going to pick you up. In the in, in when the sun comes up, we're gonna go to church. She's super excited. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. So she does pick me up. She picks me up, and uh, we head to church. And I go to church, and I'm super disrespectful. Got my hat on in service, and just going along with it. People are clapping. I'll clap a little bit, yeah, nonchalantly. And um, so we get to the sermon, and uh, my pastor at the time, Pastor Jonathan Nieves, shout out to him. I think he's class of. 2000 from North Point um, He gets to Preaching his sermon and he gets to a part And he's doing like an imagery He's doing like a you know Analogy and I'm a I speak in analogies All the time so it really Connected to me and he was talking about um, If you ever seen the Matrix there's a Part where Neo and Morpheus are in This big white room called the program mm-hmm. And Morpheus to have his tech Just load up whatever mm-hmm. so he's Like imagining a big room like that and Jesus is on the far end of the room and he has his hand out to you. And um, you start to walk toward him. And what it, eventually you start getting closer to him. But whatever vice you're dealing with in life, whether that's drugs, men, women, um, anything, whatever vice you're dealing with in life, it knocks you off your course. It, it puts you in its crosshairs, knocks you off your course. But then you get up, you dust yourself off, and you keep walking. Then another vice hits you. And pretty soon, before you know it, you're in the crosshairs of all these vices, all the things, all the struggles, all the trials you're going through in life. And you're knocked over and you're defeated. You're in the fetal position and you can't get up at this point. That's when Jesus stops just handing, having his hand out in the far end of the room and he begins to sift through the crowd. And he picks you up and he brings you out of the clear, into the clearing. And by this time, he get, gets to the end of that story and I'm just locked in. And legit, it felt like as if I was the only one in the room and he was speaking directly to me. Mm-hmm. So he does that analogy. He finishes out his sermon and he does a, a call at the end of the sermon for anyone who would like to receive Jesus into their heart. And believe you me, if it was up to me, I would not have gotten up out of my chair. But my body just made me I, you call it an outer body experience. You call it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I I was having an internal battle in my mind saying, Kevin, don't get up. But my body would get up. Every time I would say, tell my body not to do something or myself to not do something, I would do the opposite. It's like, don't get up. I got up. Don't go into the aisle. Went into the aisle. Don't walk up to the altar. Walked up to the altar. And I got to the altar and I just crumbled. And I just like poured my heart, heart out to God. And mm. I got saved right there. I, I asked Jesus into my life. I ask him to be Lord over me and direct my steps and mm-hmm. be my conscience. And, um, yeah, so that happened. It was an amazing experience. And I started going to church ever since then. And it was crazy because during that whole experience, I'm walking and I keep hearing this voice other than mine saying, it's time, it's time, it's time. So fast forward to uh, about two months after the fact, and uh, I'm just hanging out in church And I go to Pastor John I'm like, yo, Pastor John uh, Remember when I walked into the service that the, For the first time? He was like, yeah, I remember And he goes And I'm like, what? You kept looking at me Why, Why'd you keep looking at me? And he was like, son, the Holy Spirit kept telling me It's time, it's time, it's time So the same thing God was telling me God was also telling him So it was just amazing to see that 
God works through people in in your heart. And it that's one of the things that keeps me connected and keeps me grounded whenever I start to, you know, waver in the water. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no way he know he knew exactly what was being said to me and it was being said to me at the same time. So it was just amazing. Um so yeah, I've been a Christian for about approximately ten years. Um went to North Point, graduated from North Point and uh yeah, man, I'm just trying to live every day for for the Lord, try to yeah. Bring glory to his name and uh yeah, just yeah. do my thing. That's awesome, man. Um what point did it develop for you from something that you were experiencing to something you wanted to jump into? Like when did you feel that ministry might be something that you wanted to do, or when did you feel God was speaking to you about that? To be quite honest, um I didn't feel the call to ministry until about my like second, third year in Bible college, which is <laughs> insane because you get the call to ministry. Then you go to Bible college if you follow the cookie cutter track. But um, yeah, probably about sophomore, junior year, I was just sitting in my dorm room and I was reflecting on my life. And I was like, man, like. I saw where I used to be and I saw where I was and I saw where I was headed and I was like. I wish I knew this earlier, but that wasn't the path God had for me. So I made, I I was reflecting on my life, reflecting on my life. And I was like, man, there might be another 16-year-old Kev out there, another 17-year-old Kev out there that needs someone to speak life into their their life. And um, that's what gave me the call. I'm like, I want to be that guy. I want to be that person that speaks Jesus into others life and um so I I think that was the call for me I was like I'm going to sacrifice myself for the good of others so therefore let me continue to learn and be educated so I could be able to give my best effort mm. sound like God knew where you were going before you did you were already in Bible college and all that for sure yeah yeah I I, I did it on this kind of a spur of the whip thing if, if that's even a saying like, I was just hanging out. I had offers to go to other colleges, and I was like, I, I helped Lindsay move in. She was in her junior year. I helped her move into her dorm, and um, I just hung out for the day, and I was just like, you know what? Let me just hang out. Everybody was cool. Everybody was happy, and I was like, you know, I'm going to just go home, and I'm going to just pray on it, and for me, God speaks to me. When I feel like God is confirming something to me, he just gives me absolute peace about it. Mm. There's like no cons to whatever I'm presenting. And um, that's how I felt about North Point. Like I just had this peace about it. And the more I prayed on it, the more fearful I got of not going, like going to another school and like doing things college kids do, the typical college kids do, and just losing my faith. And I was like, I don't want that. So, yeah. Yeah. And you met your wife there. Yeah, me and my wife. Shout out, Michelle. I love you. (laughs) So... Right now, we're going through a series on the Psalms, and I guess, you know, we've been thinking a lot about how God, you know, impacts our inner life and what emotions we feel, the different, uh, you know, uh, prayers we might pray. It's the prayer book of the Bible. So I was wondering, you know, how what were the emotions you might be feeling during the time leading up to you coming to Christ and afterwards? A lot of our viewers aren't... Um, you know, they might not be believers, they might be listening, and they might not really get this whole God thing yet. So what were some of the things you see now, 10 years later, 
that God was doing then, both in your coming to Christ and your mm. call to ministry and that sense of purpose God was instilling in you. Mm. Uh, what are the, some of the markers, the internal markers that you remember from that period of time that might help some others identify that as well? For sure. Um, for me, before like the immediate like months before coming to Jesus and, and knowing who he is for myself personally, uh, it was just a lot of emptiness. Like, God, there's got to be more than this. It's got to be more than, uh, you know, selling drugs and buying the latest shoes and fried rice and chicken wings. Like, it has to be more. Like, I would look out my window and I'd be like, there has to be more for me, for the people around me. There just has to be more. This mm-hmm. just can't be it. Because if this is it, it's not worth it. Yeah. You know? Um. So, yeah, the immediate months, weeks, days before coming to Christ, that's what my feeling was. Like, there has to be more. Yeah. And um, I remember... Um, not to like shed darkness on any other pe- type of believer or pe- people or belief system, but like some people I came to my house and tried to persuade me to become of their faith. And I was just like, no, nah, it's not really <laughs> like, it was just like not really doing it for me. And I was just like, God, there has to be more. Like mm. if this isn't it and what I'm currently involved in, isn't it? What is it? Right. And uh, I remember one, one day, probably a month before I came to Christ, I came home and I was drunk and I was high. I was like super out of it. And like, I just fell at the end of my bed and just prayed. And was like, God, if you're real, save me, help me like Mm -hmm. change me. Yeah. And then I went to sleep and forgot about it. And a month later, the whole Christ experience happened for me. So he heard me, even though I forgot about it, he heard me and he, he remembered me. So yeah, yeah. That's all. I think that's it's good too to recognize that not everybody who, again, not like you're saying to you know throw shade on anybody, but those who s- say they represent God don't necessarily represent Him well. For sure. And yeah. I think if you're seeking God, you'll find Him. That's what Jesus said. Yeah, you know, if you hundred percent, you'll find. So that's really awesome, man. Um, is there anything that you'd want to throw out to our community about? Um, yourself like anything that you're like this is really important to me this is my heart this is what I want to do now that I'm here at Lowell Assembly yeah for sure my main mission right now is to let people know that I'm just a regular guy I like stuff that regular guys like I like sports I like food I like video games I'm a regular guy I'm just like your everyday average Joe Mm -hmm. I say that to say this faith, this the the what I believe isn't unique to a specific type of people. Like it's not only for this person or that person. It's for everyone mm-hmm. because I am everyone. Typically, I'm a regular guy, and um, but the difference between me now and me before is that I'm a regular guy, but I have hope. Mm. I have faith. I have a dream for that's bigger than myself. And um, that's my mission just to show people that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, because every single day we face trying times, we face dark times, we face a bunch of negativity and there's an ultimate positive to that. And his name is Jesus Mm. and he can, and he will save you. You just have to allow him to do the work for in your heart because he will. And you'll be better off for it. Trust me. 
even in the bad times of your walk, those are better than the, I heard a quote and it was, uh, may the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel. Like the best of my yesterdays are the worst of my todays right now because Mm -hmm. I have a hope. I have a faith. I have something to hold on to when what's in front of me Mm -hmm. is telling me there's nothing to hold on to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel it. I'm, as I said earlier, Kevin and I, we went, to, uh, we went to college together, and I can say I got my best GPA actually when I was at a state school in New York, just coming to faith in Christ, but feeling so empty. And, I mean, I pulled off the best grades of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just the same way you're looking out your window after, you know, whatever. I was just like, this can't be it. Right, for sure. You know, I can't just, like, good grades and having a good job and, you know, a spouse that, you know, you're, you're fond of and you have kids in the house. I was like, this just, this can't be what life's all about. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's our hope and our prayer in, in sharing these things with you is that uh, you hear that there's more for your life than what you've been living it for up to this point, that Jesus wants to do uh, extraordinary things in our ordinary lives. And uh, that's why we, we want you to get to know us. We want you to get to know this church. As we, that's why we put all these things out for you. So if you enjoy this and you want to hear more of it, please like it, share it, subscribe to our channel, sure. uh, follow us, and we look forward to hearing more from you. And we hope that you can hear some more from us soon. So thanks for joining us today, and we will catch you soon, Lowell Assembly. <laughs>